And as long as I can be the subject of the laughing. She's laughing. I'm laughing at you, not with you. Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning. So, so um, I do have to ask here, uh, you know, I have my instructor here on the front row. She was taking notes, and she was, uh, she, I'm formulating my GPA, and I just wanted to see that if, like, I think I slid in, like, with a 70 the first week. Okay, okay, so we're up to at least a low C and maybe okay we're in the b zone okay 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 yay all right so i'm gonna try not mess up what i have done here so yeah yeah right i know it man i know she's gonna pull the rug right out from under she's like got the rug and she's just like tugging on no no um <laughs> no i want y'all to know that i'm enjoying this man this is uh, ministering to me and blessing me, and uh, I was up till I, I was up late last night because I started studying this, and they, I had an inkling about something that I was studying. I'd actually talked to Pastor Andrew about it at one point, talking about that scripture that says, men will give account for every idle word that they speak. I went ahead, and I literally pulled every word out of the Hebrew and the Greek, and I would just, you know, I'm not a Hebrew scholar or anything like that, but I do know how to use a Strong's Concordance. I just follow the little numbers, and they tell me what it means, and uh, so if uh, I, that's what I did, and I was like, I, I don't want to, you don't have to try and make the Bible say anything. It either says it or it don't, and, and, and so when it does, like, I went through that thing, and even though we've used it, and it does mean what it looks like at face value, it also means what I thought it meant. And I was like, man, every word was there. And I was like, mm, that's been hidden from, I've read that scripture. What'd you say? You read that one scripture in Revelation nine million times, and then you read it once, you're like, whoa, has that been there the whole time? Whoa. You know, and that was one of those moments for me. So the Lord, uh, I really believe that this, what I have this morning, we're going to, uh, we are talking about um, authority. We've talked about, you know, love was how it kind of, we stopped last week. And then um, not just authority, but really it's from a justification standpoint. Not only forgiven of sin, but, and the best way I, I can say it is, you know, the, and I've said it, I'll probably say it every week. We do look at the cross. The cross is very, very, very instrumental in all of our lives. The cross is where it all took place. That's where, you know, we fell in love with the Lord. That's where things changed. That's where we were changed. And if you were here last week, uh, I gave the illustration of the Kleenex boxes. And I had, well, I did the best I could to you know, put something. Well, it didn't, it did the trick. I think it, it, it uh, served the purpose. And so it gives you an idea Basically, that 
Jesus was, everything that was in him, everything that's in him was basically pulled out of him and put into you, and then everything in you was pulled out of him and put into him. So we have the exchange there, you know, but we still have, I always say it's like, uh, if you look at us, spirit, soul, and body, that's what we are. You know, uh, Paul said that I, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be sanctified, holy, holy. And so um, not holy, like holy set apart, but whole as a, a unit. And so the spiritual man on the inside was renewed. Even though our outward man, our body perishes, we're renewed day by day. But we still have this thing attached. And so, you know, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was an adult when I, well, I got born again, I think, when I was a kid, but never had any word after that. And so you're not going to experience a lot of the things that uh, the Lord has for you. You've got to grow. It says that we grow by the milk. And um, so with that being said, uh, I was kind of like, Probably about five or six days in, I was like, man, I just had a bad thought. You know, I had this thought go through my head, and that was not of God. And I was like, and it freaked me out. It scared me. And so I had to go to one of my sisters in the Lord that has, was kind of helping me get going. And she said, well, that's your soul. You know, that's the mind, will, the emotion part of you. She said, that's where the battle is. That's where the devil comes against us. Our spirit, in our spirit, you're more like Jesus than you are anybody else. That whole thing is renewed, and that's why you can never sin and be at peace with it. You're, you're, you're ruined. You are completely ruined for sin unless you just keep pumping it in and pumping it in and pumping it in. You have to override that inner man. And, it, I mean, you can do it, but it's tough. You're going to have to... You know, it, you're at first you're just going to be like, oh, man. And then the more you do it, the more you do it, and the more you do it, and the more you do it, the quieter and the quieter that voice gets that's pulling on you. And so God has to get your attention in those cases. Or, you know, you stay in that state, you may die like that. I mean, it's you can live like that and uh, never show any fruit. Be born again 30 years. Never have any fruit. Um, so... Anyways, what I was getting, one of the things that we said is the cross took care of the sin. We talked about our foundational scripture, Romans 4.25. He was delivered for our offenses, but he was raised for our justification. So the cross took care of the sin problem. Colossians 2, what is that, uh, 13.14, I believe it is. Um, I had that in here. It says that he, let me see. Four pages of notes, y'all. Yeah, it just came out of the printer. I said, um, or it says, God's, and this is the amplified version. It says, when God speaks of a new covenant or agreement, he makes the first one obsolete. No, wait, that's Hebrews 8, 13, sorry. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note or the bond, and its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us. It was hostile to us. This note, with its regulation, decrees, and demands, 
he set aside and cleared it completely out of the way by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them, triumphing over them in it, the cross. That's good. <laughs> That's good news. It says that the ink, if you ever were in court and had charges brought against you, and um, is Lance in here? Oh, he's sitting back there. So he ain't even paying attention. I think he's got his phone. Hey, Lance. What's up? Oh, never mind. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, at one point in my life, um, I, uh, I had a few encounters with law enforcement. You know, say it's not so. I know, you know. But um, it's been years and years. But um, I had been brought to, had charges brought against me. Fortunately, it was all, you know, minor little stupid things that we do when we're teenagers and of that nature. But, um, yeah, the first time I went to uh, get my, uh, okay, so I was an EMT, became a paramedic, critical care paramedic. And I'm not going, I'm just telling you, to get a license for those type of positions, I had to do some backflips. But, um, you know, then I became a nurse and, and so on and so forth. But um, the Board of Nursing was the hardest one. They told me, uh, after all of this, I'd been invested, or I have a concealed handgun license. I um, work with children. Um, I can tell you multiple occasions where they had to run background checks on me. You know, the FBI, the whole thing in the state of Texas, all of that. You have to go through all of that to have those things, which is good. Um, but the Board of Nursing found something that nobody else found. And it was in 1992, I went into a, uh, a store and put on a pair of shoes. And I was like, I'm out of here. And went to walking out, you know, got out the front. I had money in my pocket, girlfriend behind me at the time following me, going, don't, stop it. You need to stop that, stop that. <laughs> you need to. And so I ignored her, and as soon as my feet hit that parking lot, there was a big shoulder on my hand, or, on my, or a hand on my shoulder, and I heard, come with me, you know, and I was like, okay. So uh, there was that, and then I had something else that I, I was charged for, and um, all misdemeanor stuff, you know, but one of those charges got thrown out. One of them didn't. So the Board of Nursing somehow found this thing. And they said, we need documentation on this. And I was living in Grand Prairie. This was in Hunt County. And so I was like, I called the court and talked to them and said, um, you know, I'm, I'm in nursing school. I'm about to graduate, about to get my license. And I need you to... Uh, provide a copy of this and I've and go, went through the thing and like the FBI had already sent back my stuff on my concealed handgun and and so I'm like I don't they're like are you serious and I said I am serious and they were like okay we'll look for it and so I went down there uh, I drove from Grand Prairie to downtown here and went in there and the, the county clerk she said, there is no record of this offense. And I said, well, somehow they found it. 
and they want documentation. And they, she said, were you charged? And I said, no, ma'am, I wasn't charged. And I, you know, I had my stuff that the, the state had sent me. And I presented it to them, and they said, she said, there is no record. She said, if there is a record of this charge, it is in a box at the back of the courthouse in the attic in the very back. And she said, no one's going up there to get it for you. So what I will recommend is I'm going to write you a letter. I'm going to notarize it. I'm going to stamp it. I'm going to put my phone number on there. I'm going to tell them, you tell them to call me if they have a problem because this is as good as it gets. And I said, okay. And so I did. I sent it to the Board of Nursing. They were fine with it, thank God, uh, because it, the note doesn't exist anymore. Or if it, I mean, there's no evidence of it existing. And so that is an idea of what justification is. We, you know, we, there's no record. There's no longer a record against you. It has been removed. It has been done away with. We talked about the difference between atonement and remission, and atonement meaning to cover. Um, I, I found one thing I was going to read last night on that, and I'm not going to recap too long. I just, I know I kind of got on that, but this, it really needs to be kind of bared out pretty good. So I don't know if that is appropriate English there. I'm trying to make it gooder and gooder all the way. So, yeah, so you get the point. As long as you get the point, I want to be like uh, the guys that says, what's that scripture? They said, I don't know. Those, those men, they're not educated men, but they... Yeah, ignorant and unlearned. I might be a little bit redneck sometimes, but I've been with Jesus, and that's what I want them to see. Um, so I was looking. It says, okay, I don't even know who this guy was, but I, took, I stole his sentence. Um, he's a Hebrew scholar, actually. Uh, he says, if an offense has been made, the one that has offended can act, though the offense is covered over, by the blood of the sacrifice, and therefore unseen by God. That's good. Unseen. Yeah. I learned the word justification uh -huh. like Just as if you never sinned. Sin. That's right. And the Bible, you know, it says, uh, I wrote down the scripture, uh, there's four places, Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. We are the just. And so we are to live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in that sacrifice that that removed, not only blotted out like in the Old Testament, it was covered. We removed it far as the east is from the west, never to be brought up again. It even says that God can't see it. Is that not good? He can't see it. And so in the Old Testament, the, the, sacri or the covenant, the blood covenant, was between uh the man and God, and we talked about, I can own 10 businesses, and if I own 10 businesses, I have 10 different standard operating procedures. Each one of those businesses operate differently based on the way the SOPs are written, the way the, you know, policies, procedures, all of those things. I'm not going to go through the mattress store and try and get a bucket of chicken. You know, I mean, I'm just saying they don't operate the same. They have their own independent. So our covenant is not, uh, it is the, I mean, 
the Old Testament, the covenant, it's still there. We talked about that, and it's, it's there to point us towards the New Testament. But Jesus said, I call you my friends. You know, uh, basically, Abraham was a friend of God. And I really believe that word friend should be capitalized. We're not only friends of God, we're his kids. We're his kids, man. And if he's going to do stuff for his friends, how much more is he going to do for us if we ask him? You know what I mean? And that's good. I'll tell you one, I'll tell you, this was the, this blessed me. I was walking through the house. We got a little bit of property and I was walking through the living room and I looked out by kind of where the pond, we have a little, little pond, it's nothing, I don't know if there's anything in it, but it's small, but it's there and there were some, a couple buzzards out there. And this buzzard is picking up this snake and eating the snake, which I appreciated very much. He's doing, you know, uh, I don't like snakes. I, I don't care what kind of snake it is. I don't care how small or big it is. I don't care if I see it, I'm going to step on it or, you know, whatever. I, I, the only good snake, well, you know, the, and you know the rest of that. I, I don't like them. I had a neighbor come over my house one time. And he told me, he said, if you'll call me, I'll come and relocate that snake for you. And I said, no, I'm going to relocate him. I'm going to relocate him, but it's going to be in multiple pieces. And so um, I don't have any tolerance for any type of snake. I don't like them, period. And so if you do, I'm sorry if you're an animal. Okay, well, moving on. So <laughs> I love animals. That's just the one I don't. And so... Um, this buzzard was eating this snake, and, you know, I thought about the scripture that says he even provides for the sparrows, and, and you know, he numbers the hairs on our heads, and I, I'm going to preach a message one of these days, this part of it, and it's called, he even feeds the buzzards. I mean, those are the most nasty, disgusting creatures, if you've ever watched them feed their babies, it ain't pretty, you know, because of the way they do it, uh, and... Uh, if he's going to feed a buzzard, man, I mean, come, come on. You know, he loves you. He loves us. He loves us, and he wants us to be able to impart that to others. And, um, man, I just can't, I sat there and thought about that and thought about it until it just got down in me, and I was like, man. And every time I drive down the highway and I see a buzzard eating something in the middle of the road or wherever, I'm like, it, it just cues that memory up, and man, it's good. So, okay, so let me kind of get on into where I'm going to be heading with this thing, and I do think the Lord, he's just kind of giving it to me in like modules and bits, and so um, uh, we were, I believe, he gave me kind of the end of it, and then he kind of come back, and I, I, I'm starting to see the path that I'm going down, but um, you know, this is definitely by faith for me. Because uh, some of this stuff, um, I didn't know. I don't know at all. I don't know at all. I don't. I might not always say everything right, do everything right, or anything like that. But I know the word of God is real and it'll work. And it, and and this is what the Lord put in my heart to say this week. You know, it's been to the church over a period of years and years. We have. I don't know if the the word scattershot prayers. Uh, we just know there's a problem. We go out like with a shotgun and, you know, and uh, take, take it the way I said, and we're just shooting up in the air hoping something's going to fall down. And that is not the way God designed the system. 
And I don't know if y'all ever seen the movie American Sniper, where in the end, Chris Kyle, he's up on the top of this building, and this, this target is like a mile away, man, and he's got all of the, he's got the equipment, and um, when a sniper takes a shot, they take into account wind, they take into account distance, the drop of the, how heavy the, the bullet is, uh, and, you know, the, when that round, how much, the whole thing, and they factor all of that stuff to, they want to be able to put their crosshairs on a target and be very deliberate, very specific. I mean, just being off just a little bit can cost them because their job is to get in there unseen, in place where they can see the enemy and quietly and very effectively take that target out and then be gone when the chaos ensues, be gone out and just everybody's looking, where did that come from? And they don't know, and so they're, am I next? You know, so that's how we need to have the enemy feeling about us because we pray in the Holy Ghost, he doesn't know what's coming out of us. He doesn't know what we're saying. He doesn't know. And we need to be sensitive to the Lord, and when he puts it on our heart to do something, just quickly act and then step right back, you know, and... I believe that that's part of the whole, the Holy, I told the Lord one time, and I was kidding when I said it, I went to work for a place because, uh, they, and I won't go into detail, but they had chaplains and stuff, and I'm a nurse, and, and um, I prayed one day, and I said, Lord, because a lot of people refuse chaplains, they don't refuse nurses, because that's what they're on service for, and so I said, Lord, I want to be an undercover Holy Ghost agent. <laughs> and the the next day I was talking to the chaplain and we were we were just talking about stuff he said man he said you got to realize this place uh it's not like a lot of places he said we're interdisciplinary we're not multidisciplinary and I, you know I've heard those words in nursing school I'm like well that sounds the same to me and I mean I know I've read it I've taken tests on it and all that but I have no idea what I really he said, no, 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 think of it. He said, a multidisciplinary place is one like a track race. You have a lane. The nurse stays in this lane. chaplain stays in this lane. And you go on down the line. He said, we're interdisciplinary, which means if I get there and, you know, uh, maybe they don't want me there. He said, you can get in. And he said, if the Lord opens the door for me, from you, there's nothing saying, well, you know, you're, you're, the chap, or you're not the chaplain. He said, if the Lord opens the door, there's no blowback. There's no, he said, just walk through it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, I, I, and I thought about that prayer. I prayed the, the day before, and I was like, man. And I want you to know it works, and it works well, because you, you get the key to getting people delivered a lot of times is just listening to them listening to them talk, and sometimes we can look at the things on the outside and not be looking and listening for what's coming out of the inside. And we're dealing with the fruit of a problem, not the root of a problem. 
But when you're praying in the Spirit, believing God, talking and listening to people and listening to the Lord, open for a word of knowledge, open for a word of wisdom, open and open to prophesy. Um, I I think I I shocked a man last week, but uh, he got born again, and um, I believe that's a manifestation of the gifts that the Lord uh, just being ready, being on ready all the time. All the time, all the time. And I've decided that this is how I'm going to live my life. And I don't care who likes it or who doesn't like it. I don't care um, what somebody thinks. This guy told me, he said, I'm a Catholic. I said, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to hear. You're, you know, uh, and of course, you know, obviously in the profession, I mean, I can't go into great amounts of detail. But I think I kind of scared the guy. Because I told the Lord, I told the Lord, I said, look, I'm not playing with this stuff anymore. I'm tired of playing games. I don't want to play games. I know there's as much power in that word as there was the day that you came out. You know, you know what I mean? I said, and I'm tired of not seeing it like we're supposed to be seeing it. We need to be examples. We need to be demonstrators. We need to be able to, you know, take care of business. We need to be able to snuff out the enemy and him not. Just get, you know, just get him out of the way and keep on doing what you're doing. And so I, I sat there and I was talking to this guy. And, I mean, he's, he's like uh, right at death's door. And um, I said to him, I said, do you know the Lord? And he kind of, you know, how some people, they really haven't been. I don't know a lot about Catholic. Um, I don't. And... Uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful in the way I handle it, but uh, I feel like the way I handle it was actually appropriate, very appropriate. And uh, he said, yeah, I know a little bit about the Bible. And, and I said, all right, have you ever read the story? I said, are you born again? He said, well, I said, well you need to be. You need to be born again. And I said, have you ever read the story? And I put God, I put the Lord right, I mean, this is what the Lord wants you to do. I just put him right on the spot because I was like, man, come on, you know. And now, and a lot of times it's up, there's, you, for, you have to listen to the Holy Ghost, like as far as, you don't just say, well, this is the gift God's put in me and, and you know, you're going to go and operate it anytime you want. Um, there are gifts that as you yield yourself to the Lord, they become apparent and you step into it as the Spirit of God it says Jesus moved with compassion. And when you move with that compassion and you're listening and you hear, you're setting yourself up for when the time comes and your finger's on the trigger, you know, just have it, you trigger that thing. And so um, I told this guy, I said, listen. Have you ever heard the story about the man where they took the roof down and they let the man down through and Jesus said, your, your sins are forgiven. And then he perceived that they were thinking, who are you to forgive sin? And he said, basically what he was doing here is he's saying, I'm going to do something on the outside so you can know that what I am said about the inside happened that's what he did and he said yeah I'm familiar with it and I said will you be healed and he looked at me 
And I said, I'm asking you a question. Will you be healed? And I think it scared him. And uh, if I have to go back and revisit this, I, I will. But it was there. The, the, I knew it was there to just take it. And so I said, what we're going to do, I said, I'm going to lay hands. He was telling me, he goes, I'm Catholic. I said, I don't care. I said, I'm going to lay my hands on you. We're going to pray, and you receive Jesus as your Lord. And we prayed the prayer of salvation, and I said, will you be healed? And I could tell he hesitated. And I, but I'm asking the Lord to please show me and step out. I am not playing games anymore. This is how it works, and we need a church full of people that understand some of these things that are living it and operating in it. This is what's going to get the world back in the church. And uh, this church is growing, and I'm thankful for some pastors. Pastor, I appreciate you all that are, are, are preaching the word, man, preaching the word. And if you can't tell the worship, man, golly, it's just went to a completely new level. And... Uh, it, it's awesome. I know that last week, whenever I was uh, worshiping God, and I'm not trying to be super spiritual. Please, I, man, I don't care about that. I, I just want the, I want none of me and all of him. That's all I want. And But it's like in the distance, it's like I could hear another group of people singing and praising God with the same songs we're singing at the same time. And it's like just faintly off in the distance, but it's there. And I'm like, mm. I'm telling you guys, we're close. We're close, we're close, we're close, we're close. Okay? And I know we've heard that all our lives, but we're close. He's coming. And uh, those that are listening right now, you can get in on some of this cool stuff. And so, uh, so okay, I'm going to kind of jump back to this. Uh, we talked about... Uh, the courtroom scenario that I gave you. The God, the judge, Jesus, the defending attorney, you on the stand, and you live your life on the stand. And the devil gains entrance to your life on that stand. He has to get legal clearance to some degree. I mean, he's an enemy and a thief, and he's always going to try and come across that bloodline. And when he does, you knock him back across it but to gain legal access and bring something into your life, he has to have that to some degree. And I, I'm not going to go into it. I, said, I kind of referenced this quickly, and so don't, please don't, if, you, if you've got different thoughts, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show you a principle, not trying to preach this is what happened to Job. and all. I'm not going to get into all of that. Just listen for the principle. Satan came to him. Job's had a different covenant. Like I said, we got, you got different people, different businesses, different covenants. We have a different covenant than Job had. And the devil came. Now, let me ask you this. As newborn New Testament believers, y'all going to get this one, where is the authority or the power of life and death? In the tongue. In the tongue. Job was making sacrifices saying it might be there's no faith in it might be 
that my sons and daughters, and thus did Job continually. And Satan approached God. And you think of God as sitting on the judgment seat in the courtroom, and Satan come as a prosecuting attorney to present this evidence. And he says, well, there's no wonder that he's, he's got a hedge about him. You've got this and this. And, you know, God's not going to lie to anybody, not even the devil. He said, look, he's in your hand. I don't know that that's not when Satan didn't just find out. Hey, you know, and like I said, I'm not going to get off into it. But see the principle, the words, the actions bring, and the thing that he said in the end, that which I feared most has come upon me. And so, um, again, just showing you the principle of that, like we see in the courtroom setting, that uh, we have to have evidence, um, or we have to have that word to have those charges sometimes, in some cases, moved. And so um, I took this apart last night, uh, and I, like I said, I went through every word of this because I know that it's not necessarily the way it's written, but I challenge you to get, get your Strong's Concordance out and look at this. It says in Ma uh, Matthew twelve thirty six, I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words are you justified. By your words will you be condemned. And I think the way Pastor Mike has been saying that, uh, you might have to correct me on that, Pastor Andrew, if y'all remember exactly how he says it. But he says uh, it's not so much what God says about you, but more what you say about you. You've got to... Do you realize that people say God's got it all under control? Well, I have to say that if uh, God was ever going to override one of your decisions, it would be the one, it says that he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. It's his will that everyone come to repentance. And so if he was ever going to override someone's decision, it would be that one right there, you choosing to go to hell or not choosing him. But he doesn't. And so it's your words. You have to come into agreement with God to bring that about. So, yes. I think the big one that we always say God's in control. Yeah. Well, that's not true. That's true. That's right. God is not in control. God's in charge. God is in charge. We are charged that he has given us a free moral agency. Yes, that's correct. So if he's in control, what we've said of that is every horrible thing that happens is he did it. He did it. He did it. You, and you have to be in a, as a born-again believer, you have to be in agreement with him about, about his will or whatever. You, get, you realize, and I want to, oh, man, I really want to get into this. I don't know if I have time to do it all. But I'll give you a quick little synopsis here. When does a will go into effect? When someone dies. Okay, so you realize, Jesus said, my words, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will not pass away. You have to be a man in this earth to have authority in this earth and the Spirit of God in you to overcome the evil that's out there against you using the it is written principle when the Satan came against Jesus three times. It's written, it's written, it's written. 
Jesus is the only one that has ever came as a human being into this earth and spoke words out of his mouth inside of a human vessel. He had the authority. And he said, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will not pass away. And this is the reason that the promises of God are all yea and amen. He spoke his will. When you speak, you're speaking your will. He spoke his will into this atmosphere. And then those words, even when his flesh and blood body died, are still in this realm. And you use your faith. We need to learn, like the sniper, we need to use our faith like a mechanic uses a tool. I need a 9 16th socket on this bolt. And I've got my kit right here. I'm going to get it over here, and I'm going to put it on there, and, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do that. I don't go and just get any old tool and start hammering away. I go get the right tool for the right problem. And so those words are out there, and they're all for us, and we pull them with our faith to us. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I give you. Ask, you'll see. Seek, you'll find. Well, I need to pray and see if it... This is what the Lord, this is what I told that guy too when I was there. He said, well, I haven't heard the Lord tell me. I said, the Lord is telling you right now. And he looked at me and he said, well, I said, no, do you hear my voice? This is God telling you, you need to get saved and live for him. He just told you. Do you understand? And that will, get, you know, you understand what I'm saying? That's, yes. And so we receive those words and we take it. And then when the devil comes, we beat him over the head with it. And then when he tries to get, you beat him up. You use that word. And if he sticks around, man, just take that sword and gut him from the loins up. Now, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't go after the person but you need to have zero fear of the devil, of the enemy. And so that's what we do. And um, so anyways, I'm going to go over this real quick. It says, I say to you, every idle, that word idle means unemployed, lazy, useless, slow. <laughs> I know some people. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. All right. The word word is the word rhema. In the Hebrew, there's logos, rhema. Logos is this right here. Oh, wait, let me finish this one thing. Jesus is the only one. This is how come it's powerful. I didn't want to forget this thought before I go there. And then I'm going to pass it on. But uh, he's the only man. Spoke those words. that hung in the atmosphere. Died, went before God, poured his blood on the mercy seat. And now is the one who sits and probates his own will. He is the high priest of the words that come out of my mouth. He's not responsible for anything other than the words that he spoke being in my mouth coming out. And when I speak those words in faith, the whole angelic army is responsible for making sure those words happen. Period. Only man that's ever done that. And so this is the last will and testament of Jesus Christ to 
me, and I can take it to the bank. It works. Um, so with this, it says, but I say to you, every idle, unemployed, lazy, useless, slow word, rhema, means that the word of God, the logos that comes alive, the rhema. That men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. The word judgment there, I did not know this until last night. It's the word crisis with a K instead of C. And that's how it's spelled in, in the uh, Greek, crisis. And so, and he says, by your words shall you be, what are we talking about? Justification. Justified. By your words shall you be condemned declared guilty we're talking courtroom scenario here so let me break this down for you in a different light than maybe you've never seen it i talked to pastor andrew even i was like i'm wondering about this i'm praying about this last night about 1 30 in the morning i pulled this apart and i'll tell you one thing i was like that's exactly right because uh, i was kind of praying about it but it says okay so every unemployed Rhema, every revelation that I have that God has given me, I will give an account of in the day, the time, the time, we'll use that word, of crisis. So, what is that saying? It's saying every, when is the day of judgment? The day of crisis. So, it's saying, I will give an account of every unused revelation that God has given me in the day of crisis. What is the day of crisis? The day that word is in revelation is challenged in my life. Not the day of judgment. In the I mean, that might, it may mean that, but it means that when I don't use what's been revealed to me, I am going to give account and the crisis will overcome me or I will, but yeah, yeah, when it's challenged. When do you need it? There you go. And God can't deny himself. You put it on the line, man. It's, and so we, we uh, use the word of God, and we wield that like a sword, like a mechanic uses a tool. Like, and and when, what's the best scripture? The one you need right then. You know, and it's all that. Yes, ma'am. And Pastor Andrew, I pretty much... That's right. Yeah. 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 We don't sorrow as a world that has no hope. We sorrow sometimes, and there's bad things that happen, and there's no question about that, but we are not in the same position that the world is. We have something that's alive. We sure do. Yeah. So, anyways... Um, it's really, you're living your life on that stand. It's up to us. We can be, and it literally says that. It says that 
uh, you will be, con- by your words shall you be justified or free, set free, or by your words shall be condemned. You look it up, it says declared guilty. So when we are in court, when we are on the stand, and we have, we say anything other than our attorney says, and we're declared guilty, that opens the door. Door's open. And it's up to you to get in this and find out how to get it shut. So, Pastor Andrew. Yeah. All right. That's good. So we have... Yeah, that was good. I was just looking in the in the Greek here as he was looking at that. I thought that was great. I've never seen that before. Thank you, Andy, about the day of judgment, chrysos, meaning the day you need it. I mean, every, so what, yeah, I thought that, yeah, it's, it, it's crisis, but it's the Greek word, chrysos, that which, where we get our word crisis. I just get a point off the misspelling. Yeah, no, it's chrysis, which is, chrysis, it's a decision or a judgment. So, or it's a um, judging, judgment, decision, sentence, generally divine judgment or accusation. So every idle word will be, you will give an account for it on the day of judgment or crisis. So whenever there's a situation in your life that brings a combat against a promise, I mean, none of us have ever lived that yet. I know it probably is coming. You know, you know, when sickness comes up, then what's the crisis? You have a promise. What does the Bible say? That by his stripes we were healed. So now I'm sick. So I, I am sick. We don't just walk around in some sort of a weird um, denial state of going, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. A lot of people have interpreted that to be that's how we use faith. That's not how we use faith or, or, or present faith. What we do in the moment of crisis when the sickness comes, what do we say? That's the judgment. You have to decide right then what's your, it's like going, what's your verdict, Andy? You have pain in your body. What's your verdict? By his stripes, I was healed. And so we bring ourselves into alignment with the promise. Now, it doesn't matter what the word of God says about you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. If you don't say it, it's irrelevant. And it's not even enough to say it. you got to believe it. But here's the thing. you got to say something enough till you. Because whatever you say, you believe. Because you are the greatest instructor of your two ears that I know. And so a lot of people are, you know, saying the right things. But they're not believing the right things. Because there's some other saying going on. Yes. Some combating. It does. You have to do the due, the due diligence in the matter. Right. Absolutely. 
Wow, in one moment, I just said, awesome. Tell me, I want to say it again. Mm-hmm. Not in charge. He's God. Okay, he's God. But you said that's fine. That's it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Is that I've always said, well, if it happens to me, God allowed it to happen because He's in control. So what just happened to me? He says, I want you to take control because that's what it says. Taking my words, putting them into action. Because guess what? I've given you control. Right. So I say this. I say God's God's looking at you, and He's going to tell me what do you say? Exactly. So the other side of this is. But when you stop and think about it, how many people are out there going, well, wait a minute, if I have control, then I'm doing it on my own and on my own strength. So wait a minute, there's, wait a minute, there's a consequence, there's a consequence. No, 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 no. It's the fact that he says, by the power I give you, mm-hmm. now you have that power. So if we look at it like this, we have this canopy of the covenant of God. And we come into, now when we're talking here in this, we're, ta- we're not talking about people who are unbelievers. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's believers under the canopy of God's promises. The promises of God are yes, and in him, it is, he is the amen. So in other words, that's another creative way of saying to Telestai, it is finished. That's just a creative way of saying that, what Paul is doing. And so all the promises of God are finished. You all agree with that? They're finished in Christ's perfect sacrifice. So if you have all of that, now you as an imager are bringing about the will of heaven to earth. And so he has given you authority by the word of God in his blood as you enter into covenant. And then I step into that place of authority. I'm deputized. And when I understand my authority, just like I've told you before, I saw the policeman over here. One car hit the median. And the policeman pulled that one car over. You know, when the road construction's going on and people are like, hey, let's just make an exit ramp right here. Totally illegal. Right. Y'all know that, don't you? Doesn't matter that there's tracks there that a thousand people have done it before. So this cop is over there. They hit that road. I mean, was I tempted? You betcha, because I've done it many, many times. But I heard this little voice on the inside. The Holy Spirit said, don't do it, Andrea. And I listened. Imagine. And so I stayed on the highway. And so this car shot over, and I mean, out of nowhere, a police officer, woo, 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 pulled him over. This cop walked up to that car. And how many other cars do you think were hitting that place in that median? This police officer had the guy pulled over. He was standing out on the road, and he was giving it this. He was going, and they were lining up. They had, he had a string of them. Right there is only weapon he was using. He knew who he was. He didn't pull a gun. He didn't flash a badge. He operated in his authority, and every single person who hit that ramp said, Yes, sir. And they waited in line to get their citation. We don't understand who we are. We're like, Oh, don't say that, or devil will get mad. He wasn't out there going, he wasn't out there going, oh, I mean, were those cars bigger than him? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If they drove, he didn't even, it didn't even matter. He, yeah. Yeah, 
But what's so funny about it is nobody was even willing to try. <laughs> they were like, that's how authority works. If we understood our authority and the words that God has put in our mouth at the beginning of the, no, at the end of last year, it's October the 20th, the Lord woke me up with a dream. This is how the Lord speaks to me so many times, just pops open my eyes and I've got like a, I've got something in my head or I've just come out of a dream and I remember it clearly. It's just a way, Lord talks to people different ways. And so I wake up and the Lord spoke to me and he said, the words you speak are the soldiers that you send forth to clear the territory that you will occupy. I said, what? And the Lord was chastening me. It was a chastening dream. He was saying, you know, the, how many of you know the Lord chastens the children that he loves? How many of you love to be chastened by the Lord? Got a little spanking. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. So what he was saying to me, he was saying, you're going to occupy the terror. You're sending those words out, Andrea. And they're clearing the territory in the place you're going to live. He said, so you better be careful when you get there. Don't come bawling to me because you brought this on yourself. Now, his grace is going to be there, right? But at some point, he's teaching me to say, you better capture the words. You better know who you are. And you better know what's flying out of your mouth. Because we have entered into the place. when you See, so many of us want to mature. When you enter into maturity... You enter into new responsibility. Now, until you get to the place where you understand maturity and you're actually um, believing the things that you're saying, see, that's immaturity. You know what I mean? It's like, I believe I'm a millionaire. I believe I'm a millionaire. I believe I'm a millionaire. You know what I mean? I am not sick. I am not sick. I am, you know what I mean? There's like, I've seen people kind of occupy faith that way. And you're just like, and I, you look at those people and what they, they may be 90 years old, but they're spiritually immature. You know what I'm talking about? But there gets to a place where, see, we all want this spiritual maturity. But do you want, to the, do you want the responsibility that comes with spiritual maturity? You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? So many times, you know, the Lord keeps you under governor sometimes just because you're just too dumb to get out in the real world. I mean, how many of you let your kids, I don't say dumb, you know, they're just sweet and innocent. Let's put it that way. You're just too ignorant of the world around you to move out in those areas. But the Lord has given us authority. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say this, that we are in a day that it's time to grow up and show up to the battle that is already underway. And there are new stakes, new, new things at stake, if you will. And if you were ever going to start listening to what you're saying and putting some sort of discernment and governors on your mouth, this would be a real good day to do it because the stakes have been raised. Does that make sense? That's true. That, well, that, that's true in, within the, the, you know what I mean? Within, see, that's where maturity is. 
That's where material, see, what is all of creation longing for? The manifestation of the sons of God. The word there in Greek is weos, fully matured. See, see, it's not just about doing the doing. It's about being at the level of maturity where you can be, you actually, you know, we don't give 11-year-old driver's license. Right? There's a certain, why don't we? It's too much responsibility for their age, for their maturity. And so all of creation is looking for maturity. People who know how to stand in that office and not be speaking things for selfish motives just to, oh, I want that and I want that and I want that and I want that and I want that. Why? For me. And I'll give you some too. There's a maturity doesn't do that. See, maturity understands the word of God, the, the, the power of God, and the plan of God. And he directs his resources to one thing. I'm telling you, one thing and one thing only. It's his kingdom. Every time you hear Jesus talking about somebody to go do something, it is go and tell. Go and tell. It is go and tell. Go and tell. And until we become, oh, you knew I was going to do it. Thank you, ma'am. I thank you. Hang, hang myself. And I'm finishing right here. Until we understand this scripture, if you have faith, trust in Jesus as a grain of a mustard seed, you can do what? Tell this mountain to be thrown in the midst of the sea. But let's unpack that. The mountain that he's talking about it's not a physical mountain. That would be ridiculous. When he's saying mountain, in the Bible, biblical language, mountains are kingdoms. Mountains are kingdoms. So when Jesus is saying, when, and, and see, when he's talking to his disciples, they know the Hebrew Bible. We don't know the Hebrew Bible, but they do. So when he says, when you say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, instantly their brain is hyperlinked to Daniel. There's going to be a rock that comes off of a mountain that is cast into the earth. And it just fills the whole earth. So what he has just said to his disciples are this. I'm going to give you the kind of faith that you have never even dreamt up to do the things you've never even dreamt of doing. But you've got to start dreaming my dreams is what Jesus said. When you start dreaming my dreams, then our dreams will start getting linked up. And you'll, but here's the dream. Take the mountain of the kingdom of God. All it takes is the lightest measure of faith. I happen to be carrying it this morning, and you don't even notice it. You know why? It doesn't weight me down a bit because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I carry this mustard seed of trust in him, and what I do every day of my life is I take up the mountain of the kingdom. And I say, mountain of the kingdom of God's promises, his provision, his power, his purpose, his authority, his governance, his rule. And I say, get in the sea. What's the sea? The multitude of the world. We go to Bibles and burgers. What am I doing? I'm taking the mountain and I'm casting it in the sea. 
When I come up here, right, what am I doing? I'm taking the mountain and I'm casting it in the sea. When I stand up there in the surf, what am I doing? I'm taking the mountain. When you go see a mayor, what are you doing? You're taking the mountain and you're casting. When I give an emissions offering, what am I doing? I'm taking the mountain and I'm casting it in the sea. And the Lord says, now I understand she's mature. Now, somebody graduate her to weos. Let's get her into her weothesis ceremony where I place her as a daughter. And I walk in and I then become in a level of authority because I understand. I understand the family business. And now I stand on the road and I go... And that is when you hear words like, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, and Andrea I know. See, you think, is she, is she arrogant? Oh, heck no. I am seated in maturity because I know what to use this small measure he gave me for. You see, we can use it for all kinds of vain things. But he gave it to me to cast the mountain in the sea. And that's what you'll see me doing with this little bit. Oh, wait, put it back. Of faith. I'll use my words, I'll use my resources, I'll use my energy, I'll use this bicep, I'll use this quad, I'll use this calf, I'll use these ripped abs in Jesus' name. But faith, I'll use, I'll use triceps and biceps, I'll use the ankle bone connected to the hip bone and the thigh bone connected, you know what I'm saying? Everything I have is His resource. And when we get that, y'all, now... You got the uniform, the car, and the badge. Until then, you're still in the academy trying to learn how to be something other than just a little baby cop. Amen.